Healthcare enters the cloud. What are some of the top security issues that need to be addressed? Hi, this is Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today with Rick Bryant. He's the National Healthcare Architect with Symantec Corp. Rick, thanks so much for joining me today. Oh, thanks for having me, Tom. Just to get us started, Rick, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your own experience in healthcare, please? Oh, certainly. I've been in healthcare most of my professional career. I got a formal degree in management from the University of Texas, but I recognized early on the benefit that technology could provide for business. And I found that healthcare was uniquely suited to benefit from technology, both for the improvement of patient care experience, but also to improve quality outcomes and be able to manage what I consider the crown jewels of the industry, the protected healthcare information. After college, um, I joined MD Anderson to manage their communications and computer services. And after about six years there, I went over to Texas Children's, where I uh, served in roles such as Chief Technology Officer and Chief Information Security Officer. I had the opportunity to put in uh, many technologies to be able to benefit uh, healthcare, but also to play a vital role in the implementation of their first electronic medical record. Rick, you see a lot of movement now by healthcare organizations going to the cloud. What do you see as driving this migration? Well, the cloud became a big buzzword in the early to mid-2000s. At that point, it was touted for everything, to all answers technical and to be able to revolutionize the industry. But it wasn't really uh, intended, it wasn't really mature enough to meet most of the needs of business or healthcare. At the same time, the cloud was starting to stratify over the years into viable solutions to all industries, including healthcare. And I built a model um, to typify this that I think many have seen um, and use it as a reference to really specify what a person means when they're talking about the cloud. Starting at the data center, whether this is a hosted solution or whether or not this is a, a glass house built and managed within your organization, data centers provide the most control of your application's performance and security, but they also have the highest level of cost and a significant amount of management um, for each and every patient care application. The cloud started to stratify initially as infrastructure as a service, and this offered roughly a 50% reduction in both the capital and operating costs as well as decreased the management responsibilities. However, is when the industry first started to notice the loss of control over the systems and the patch levels and uh, total and complete control over the access to their information. We've seen it since uh, develop into solutions such as platform as a service, most notably the Azure Cloud solution or the Amazon Cloud solution. And platform as a service offered substantial reductions in cost, roughly costing what I believe is between a tenth and a twelfth of what it would cost to host an application or a service and system in a traditional data center. And it also extremely reduced the amount of management required to be able to keep the application up and running and to be able to expand for, you can expand dynamically with capacity. But it was at this point where organizations started being very concerned about the level of control because they no longer had the ability to be able to manage the patch levels on devices or security and access. Most of this was done through portal or the responsibility of the cloud providers. Finally, we saw it develop into a software as a service, and this is where applications were purpose-built but had a high level of integration in with the healthcare and provider applications. There was a true business connection between the application and the desired outcomes, as well as full integration with back-end systems. As this started 
to deploy within the industries for the huge amount of cost savings involved, healthcare was very reluctant to adopt the cloud because of the reduction in control and because uh, they're, they're uniquely positioned with a higher level of risk. At, at that point in time, up until September 23rd, of 2013, the covered entities had all the responsibility and all the liability for protecting the PHI regardless of what platform or what service they had that on. This changed dramatically with the HIPAA Omnibus rule that went into effect on September 23, 2013, where one of the many provisions within that was to put liability on the business associates themselves. So this provided a platform for healthcare to start sharing the responsibility of the security and privacy of the protected healthcare information, which I think is uh, an important and very progressive step that's needed within healthcare. As, as we all know, security is everyone's responsibility. This opened healthcare up to take advantage of the extreme cost savings and flexibility that the cloud has to offer, but we are also seeing that the reduced revenues, the EMR requirements, and the decrease in patient volume is driving many medium to small providers to either be acquired, affiliate, or leverage the solutions that the clouds have to offer. Rick, I want to come back to the notion of business associates in a minute, but let me stop here first and say, based on the overview you've given us, what do you see as some of the fundamental security concerns that could hamper successful migration to the cloud? Well, the most important, I believe, is to have a revised business associate agreement. It needs to be clearly outlined the shared responsibilities that both the covered entity and their selected cloud provider has for protecting and securing the patient care information. All that being said, a BAA is just a legal document, and we should all know that trust is not a control. So we want to make sure that within that business associate agreement and and within that solution adoption that we have true metrics that we can measure for both the availability, um, performance, and the security of that cloud solution. I think that visibility in the cloud can be increasingly uh, difficult depending on the type of cloud service that you use, the number of data centers, the potential locations of your critical information or your protected healthcare information could be in any of those data centers in any of those times or at some point even in different countries. You want to make sure that you have visibility to where your critical data is at. And then um, I recommend that in organizations put in or utilize a DLP technology to not only provide that visibility, but to be able to report and control and prevent the loss of any PHI that could be put into that solution. With DLP technologies available today, you can specify which storage devices or which cloud providers are enabled to be able to uh, receive certain type of files, especially personally identifiable information or your PHI information. And through the use of that, you can manage and control even outside of your organization's boundaries and within the cloud space. I would also recommend that we need to have identity proofing for our users. This is especially important if the cloud solutions are being used and accessed by your patients as part of your patient engagement strategy. Make sure that the authentication method can truly identify that the users you're allowing into your cloud-based solution are authorized users by your system. And then finally, it's always a good idea to make sure that you have some sort of endpoint integrity that users that are connecting into, let's say, a a shared cloud storage solution are free of malware or anything that could affect the integrity 
of the information that they're accessing within the cloud. Rick, let's come back to this notion of business associates. You know, as you know, one of the things that healthcare entities need to do is they need to take care of their own security, but they're also responsible for the security of their business associates, their vendors. So how do you help them to sort of ensure or approach the insurity of their cloud service provider security? Well, it's a very good point, you know, especially with the expanded definition of what constitutes a business associate under HIPAA Omnibus. There's a lot more business associates out there than there were even previously. So making sure that when they do the business associate agreements that there's a clear definition of liability. But I also recommend that you put in a right to audit clause. Most of us don't have the resources to be able to audit all of our business associates, but it's important that you have the right to audit. And it doesn't necessarily have to be someone within your organization. It can be someone of your designation, um, like a a trusted partner and a third party, maybe one of the big three auditing firms. I also recommend that you define metrics and that you measure against those metrics, that you would measure the performance and security and reliability of your business associates and any cloud providers just as you would any other system or application within your own data centers and that you meet on a regular basis because, as we all know, it's what we track that that people are going to perform against. So making sure that you have good structure around that and the ability within your agreements to perform those are important for managing the solution overall. Rick, in addition to cloud, we see mobility on the rise in healthcare. In fact, you could say that BYOD really is being forced upon organizations by their own employees, their staff. So how must healthcare entities respond to this? Consumerization of IT is affecting all industries, but it is especially affecting healthcare. My experience is that regardless of an organization's position on mobility, it's being brought in and used by their employees and by their patients regardless. So what I always recommend to organizations is that they develop an organizational strategy around mobility. can't really be put in a situation where you hope it will go away. It's It's an important trend. All other services and solutions are being mobilized, and our society in general is getting much more to the position to where they want to self-service, and the best way for them to be able to do that is through mobile devices. I see that a lot of healthcare organizations are offering email to their employees on bringing their own devices, and this is a first and critical step. It really helps improve the efficiency and drive the, the costs out of healthcare, and that's really what we want to do with the Affordable Care Act. We want healthcare to be more effective and efficient so that we can reduce the costs and be able to provide the needed health care for the oncoming generations and improve the system. But what most organizations don't realize is that our findings are that um, 87% of intellectual property in PHI can be found within email. So it's important for organizations who have made this first step into mobility to recognize that they've already put themselves into a position of uh, greater risk just by being able to extend email out to those users. However, we see that progressive organizations are embracing mobility, not just for device management strategy, but also for uh, enabling patient care applications. Um, Some leading organizations are finding that this is really improving the patient care experience, whether it's doctors using tablets at the bedside instead of a portable cart so that they can have the face-to-face interaction with their patients that they really want, or whether it's to improve the speed and efficiency of healthcare, such as a radiologist who can do now do diagnostic quality reads on an iPad 2 with retina display because the quality is high enough, 
and it could get that read done as much as an hour or two early so they don't have to commute back into the hospital. That's exactly the type of flexibility that most industries have had for many years, and it's healthcare's opportunity to be able to leverage these technologies to not only improve the physician experience and the patient experience, but also to make the organizations much more efficient and, and nimble. Rick, a final question, and it is somewhat related. Use of social media is on the rise with all organizations, but especially healthcare. So what must healthcare entities do to ensure that they're secure for one, but also compliant with regulations governing privacy? Social media is a major emerging concern for all organizations, especially healthcare. I literally hear horror stories about social media almost every day, whether it's the inappropriate use of social media, reporting activities within the organization, or whether it's a loss of PHI through a multitude of social media challenges. The social and new social media cha- channels are literally opening up every day, and that adds to part of the complexity of challenging of being able to control how information about your organization and your organization's PHI and intellectual property can leak out through these new channels every day. They're popping up left and right, and to be able to get control and understand how they work and how both employees and patients can interact with them can be a real challenge. Uh, My recommendation is that uh, organizations have a good social media policy along with good training and employee compliance against that policy so that everybody understands the limitations of use and the authorized use for social media within healthcare. Social media has a huge value, particularly in, in our personal lives, but every employee needs to understand that information within the healthcare arena can be both sensitive and protected by law. So having all your employees educated on that is a key first step, and I also recommend continuing education on that. I think it's also appropriate to implement web proxies to be able to control access to various social media sites. This will help you identify as new social media channels become available. It also gives your organization control as to how and if your employees can access social media within their work arena. Now, we all know they carry around mobile phones and that there's several different opportunities to access social media within our environment, but does your organization sanction the access to social media and control it? Um, Finally, uh, there's, again, uh, data loss prevention technologies out there that can be integrated into your organizations to not only monitor what goes out through social media, but to control and, if necessary, prevent the distribution of information through social media. I believe that social media is, again, and it's an, it's an inevitable evolution of our society. It's going to continue to grow and be used in various means, and it can be used very effectively. At the same time, it has to be embraced and managed by the organizations themselves. Rick, we've covered a lot in a little bit of time here, but I appreciate your time and your insight today. It's been valuable. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me, Tom. The topic has been Healthcare in the Cloud, Addressing Security. I've been talking with Rick Bryan, National Healthcare Architect with Symantec Corporation. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.